Yes, praise be to God. Thank you for joining us for our time of the study of the Word of God. Here, we study the Bible, and uh, we aim to study from the book of Genesis to Revelation. By the grace of God, we have done 34 books of the Bible. And here, if you've not been able to listen to all the podcasts we've done straight from the book of Genesis, I ask you to please uh, go and visit all podcast platforms like Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Podbean. And I believe the Lord shall speak to you because right there you'll see everything that we have handled. And I believe in uh, your study, you will have revelation as well that comes to you because there's no limitation to revelation. God reveals his word to everybody who shows the need. If you want God to speak to you, he will come, he will speak, he will give you his message. What are you going through uh, that you think God is silent? I tell you, you go and wait on him, and he will come out and speak to you clearly. He has given us his Holy Spirit. We live with him. We move with him. And he will communicate. He will tell us. He makes a home with us, and he will tell us issues concerning life, issues concerning our nations, issues concerning our church, everything that we do, he will speak to us. So, I ask you to please go and listen. You can also check out our website, BibleIndepth.com, and you'll find all concerning our network, everything. Uh, you'll find kids' uh, publications there that you can get for your children. You'll find a live, pre- live stream, worship live stream that is 24-7 that you can access, and uh, you can be able to get into the presence of God and have some time alone and worship the Lord. You can also listen to the radio straight through the website. So I ask you to please join in and let God be with you through this process. Now, we're about to complete the book of, um, to complete the Old Testament as a whole. And uh, it's been an interesting journey that we've had of about two and a half years handling this Old Testament. And in a few days, we shall be completing this book because... The books we have left, just short books that we can handle in an episode. And uh, I thank you for the commitment you've had. And I thank God for the grace that he's given us to even be able to see through and cover through. It's not a simple thing. Uh, it's only by grace. It's only by the grace of God that we can be able to do it. So we thank him. We thank him for standing and helping us stand in all things. Now today... We will handle our 35th book of the Bible. Remember, there are 39. So we'll be left with uh, four books to cover before we complete uh, this Old Testament and start on the New Testament. And today we handle the book of Habakkuk. And uh, Habakkuk specifically is channeled toward Judah. He's a prophet specifically speaking about Judah, speaking to Judah, informing Judah about uh, its life, about how it's supposed to handle, about what's going to happen to Judah as a nation. And he's speaking specifically to the nation of Judah. And uh, the punishment that they are receiving or going to receive from the Chaldeans, the Chaldeans here represent Babylon. Yeah, They were the ones that are known as the Chaldeans. And it starts by saying the oracle which Habakkuk the prophet saw. Yeah, How long, O Lord? Will I call for help, and you will not hear? I cry out to you, violence, 
yet you do not save. Why do you make me see iniquity and cause me to look on wickedness? Yes, destruction and violence are before me. That's how it starts. It starts in questions and wondering. Why why are you letting this happen, Lord? There's violence everywhere. You look to the left, to the right, everywhere. It's violence. And Lord, we are crying for you, but you're not hearing. We are calling on you, but you're not coming down to help. What is the issue? Yeah, people are everywhere doing all sorts of wickedness. Why don't you come and help? Destruction is everywhere. Why don't you come and help? Strife exists and contention arises. Therefore, the law is ignored and justice is never upheld. That was the character that was happening in the land. Yeah, those who went to the courts never got their justice. Those who went to the courts would get uh, hearings that are unfair. The rich were favored over the poor. That's a common thing that happens even in our world today, that those who have money will get fair hearings. And those who have nothing, who cannot pick out of their pocket to bribe the judge or the justice system in general, then they're not getting the help that they need. This is not new. It has existed. It has happened before. Yeah, here Habab mentions it, that it was happening there. And the law of the Lord, which he had given them as his people to follow, it wasn't being followed. Yeah, The law also of the land wasn't being followed. So it was chaos everywhere, for the wicked surround the righteous. Sometimes the righteous suffer. And it's the wicked who make sure that the righteous suffer because they put a surrounding on them of oppression. Their nations suffering because there are people who are wicked that have decided and made it a habit to torture those who have nothing. And oftentimes, the righteous are those, you know, sometimes uh, you, you look at people who have nothing and you think that is all they are, but they have God with them. If the righteousness keeps in them, there is always a promise from God to defend his righteous, to defend his people, to defend his children. Yeah. But now, in this case here, the wicked have surrounded the righteous. Therefore, justice comes out perverted. When they go to the courts of law, they never get justice. Because it is the wicked that have money. It is the wicked that can influence decisions. It is the wicked that can... You go, you have a case, and as long as it's with a a rich man, or a wealthy person, then you're wondering, will I get it out? Because you know they might pay money for it and get their way. They might pay money and you lose your land. They might pay money. So it is all wickedness that is surrounding this place as uh, the prophet Habakkuk mentions here. And he goes on and says, Look among the nations. Observe. Be astonished. Wonder. Because I'm doing something in your days. Now God speaks here. You would not believe if you are told. For behold, I'm raising up the Chaldeans. God is saying, for that which is happening in your nation, for that which Judah has turned into, a life that is hopeless, helpless, a bullish life to those who are righteous, I am raising up a nation. I am raising up the Chaldeans. I am raising up Babylonians. Under Nebuchadnezzar, they are going to come and sort you out. And he calls them that fierce and impetuous people. 
feared all over the world because they were a superpower. They were a rising superpower as the Chaldeans being led by Nebuchadnezzar. We looked at this earlier in the earlier books. Yeah, who march throughout the earth. They go conquering every part. Every section they go, they win the war and they take over. Their influence is felt in those places. And they're saying, to seize dwelling places which are not theirs. Of course, that's what conquerors do. They come to a place that's not theirs and they take over that place. Yeah, They take ownership and leadership of that place. They are dreaded and feared. Yeah. Those are the people of Babylon that are talking about here. They fear them everywhere. Where Nebuchadnezzar steps, they are feared. He's feared. His army is feared. Their justice and authority originate within themselves. Hmm? They are the ones who determine what to do. What he feels as a leader is what will be done. Hmm? They, Their horses are swifter than leopards. Yeah, This is an implication of they, when they get to warfare, you cannot match them. Yeah? And keener than the wolves in the evening, their horsemen come galloping. Their horsemen come from afar. Yeah, They've picked alliances. They've picked uh, people from far to fight with them, to join them. There are people who desire to be part of their army, and they come from their nations from across the globe and join their, their army because it's a strong unit. It's a strong um, army. It's... A, it's Practically a world power, and people would want to fight for it. If we have a war, people will come from all parts of the world and they join us because we are a superpower. That's the nature of Babylon that they're talking about here. They collect captives like sand. This implies they take so many. Many join their empire, taken as captives. They mock at kings. They find you are in your, in your throne and you're praising yourself and how great you are. And they mock you. Yeah, and rulers are a laughing matter to them. When they get to a place, they see the ruler, they see you in your throne, and they say, Now, who's this? Do you know Nebuchadnezzar? As you sit on that throne and put on that crown, do you know the king that leads us who have come to take over from you? Yeah, so rulers are a laughing matter to them. They laugh at every fortress. Yeah, when these Babylonians reach, and see the fortress that you call your fortress, your strong uh, place with Amare and your tower, your watchtowers. They laugh and say, do they know what is back home in Babylon? What do we call our fortress? How it looks like? The walls, I, I remember I talked about um, the, the walls of, of Babylon, yeah? And how much it was protected, yeah? With a wall as high as uh, 50 feet, and wide as 27 feet, when you have several of those surrounding before you reach the center of the city. That's how big it was. So when they come and look at these other fortresses, they say, what is this? What do you have? Yeah? And what do they do? They heap up rubber to capture it. Then they will sweep through like the wind and pass on, but they will be held guilty. This is an interesting thing. Because God has raised them up to do his purpose, for that time, does not necessarily imply that they are going to go unpunished for what they've done. Reason, they whose strength is their God. They believe in themselves. They don't work uh, uh, with God. They don't uh, take him as their leader. They don't take him as their, their God, the one they worship. They have other gods. They had their God called Madak. We looked at that. Other small gods that they worship. 
Yeah? And he says, are you not from everlasting, O Lord my God, my Holy One? We will not die. You, O Lord, have appointed them to judge, and you, O Rock, have established them to correct. Your eyes are too pure to approve evil. Now he's saying, you've picked them, yeah, but your eyes will not approve the evil they've done, and you cannot look on the wickedness with favor, that which they've done. Why do you look with favor? On those who deal treacherous, he's asking Habakkuk, why? These guys are turning everything, they're messing everything up. Why do you look on them with favor? Why are you silent when the wicked swallow up those more righteous than they? Why have you made men like the fish of the sea, like the creeping things without a ruler over them? The Chaldeans bring all of them up with a hook. These Babylonians, they come and the world is theirs. Whatever decision they want to make, they make it. These Babylonians under Nebuchadnezzar are no joke. Whatever they want, they get. Therefore, they rejoice and they are glad. Therefore, they offer a sacrifice to their net and burn incense to their fishing net. Because through these things, their catch is large and their food is plentiful. Will they therefore empty their net and continuously slay nations without sparing? Now in chapter 2, God answers Habakkuk. Yeah, and says, I will stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart, and I will keep watch to see what he will speak to me. This is Habakkuk now saying, and how I may reply when I am reproved. He's saying, I'm going to wait what God is going to tell me. And after that, I see how to reply. Then the Lord answered me and said, Record the vision and inscribe it on the tablets that the one who reads it may run. For the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens toward the goal and it will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it. For it will certainly come. It will not delay. Now, this scripture at the start of this year is the message that I got specifically for me. When the year was starting like this, yeah, that write your vision or record your vision. Yeah, and the other version say, make it plain. Write it as it is and inscribe it on the tablets. Write it down. Yeah, and he goes on and says, the one who reads it may run. This is an issue. That which you're going to write is not common to man. That which you're going to write down will make people wonder, can this even happen? Yeah, for the vision is for an appointed time. There is a time that it is going to happen. A time that has been set. And since it is an instruction from God for you to write it down, it will come to pass. And it hastens towards the goal. It will not fail. Though it tarries, though it takes some time, he says, wait for it. That which you've written down, though it takes some bit of time, wait for it. Because it will come and it will not delay. Now, from getting this scripture, the start of the year, with a group of uh, friends that we fellowship with, I made a decision and said, we need to look into this. Because this is key. While they're telling Habakkuk about it, it's God telling him that if you write down these visions, if you write down that which I'm going to show you, then you'll see it come to pass. Concerning our lives, do we have a vision? Are there things that we look at in life and say this is something you pray about it and you say, God is going to help me achieve this. Let me write it down. Let me make it plain. Let me look at it. 
And we made a decision and said, let's go out for two days. We went away somewhere with this group of, of friends. And everybody came up. You sit down, you pray, you write about your life. You write about the vision of your life, that which you want to see come to pass. And we wrote it down. We got pictures of them. We placed them on boards because we're told, put it on a tablet. Yeah, We put them on boards. The things we want to see in our lives, we want to accomplish in our lives. We want to see come to pass at that appointed time that God is talking about. So everybody did their job. And we came out and presented to one another Yeah, that this is what I want to achieve. I want to make this uh, business. I want to see my family like this. I want to achieve, pursue this degree. I want to have this. I want to build this. This is what I want. And we put it on tablets, on on boards, and wrote on it. And everyone would come and present it. And afterward, you'd get prayed for by your, your, your fellow believers. And we look at it every day. And every morning, I look at mine. Even right here where I'm seated, it's right before me. And I look at that vision. And it is plain, and it is written, and it is on the tablet, and it has been prayed for. And guess what? Every day and every morning, you look at it and you see where God is taking you because you've written down the vision. And this is the issue. When he wrote it, he said it does not have to be, when he's telling Habakkuk here, he tells him, those who see it may flee. When people look at it, they may say, how will you achieve that? That looks impossible. But that is why people flee, because they look and say, that is not possible for you to do. But he says, at the appointed time, it will be done. Do you have a vision for your life? Do you have a vision that you've written out? Do you have a vision that has come from the Lord about your life and you've put it down? Because sometimes God speaks to us about things we are supposed to do, and we do not write them down. And it's specific to Habakkuk that write it down. Get it down, written Otherwise, I don't want you to get it in a wrong form. You need to go to a place, sit down, be quiet. Ask God about your life. Ask God about your future. Write it down. And every day refer to it because there are all those sorts of things that come and put, put, take us off the mark and lead us astray and get us off the point. You set to do this, then another deal comes because it is the one that is moving in town. Then you shift to that and you forget the vision. You did not write it down. So whatever comes, you look at the vision. Is this in line with the vision that I have set? The vision that God has given me. So for us, we look at it every morning. And we pray for it. And at that appointed time, it will come to pass. Yeah? It will not fail. It will come to pass. We will wait for it and it will come to pass. Though it tarries, the meaning is though it may take some time, still be patient and wait for it. It will not delay. That's the interesting thing here. There are some things we look at as they have delayed or they are not coming to pass quickly. Then we co consider them as fault, uh, faulty. They will not come to pass. No, say, even if it has delayed, wait for it. It has not delayed. That way you look at and you feel it has delayed. No. The Bible says, if it has been appointed by God, if God has stated that as the vision for your life, it doesn't matter what you see. To you, it is taking long. To God, it has not delayed. It is coming at the appointed time. So I encourage you just to sit down and get that written down. Hear from the Lord and write it. That's what he tells Habakkuk here. Listen to me, what I'm going to say, and write it down. I don't want you to mess it up. Yeah, 
says, Behold, as for the proud, his soul is not right within, within him, but the righteous will live by his faith. He speaks of this, which we read, we read of often even in the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 10, 38. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. It says, the righteous live by faith. You live by faith, not by sight. Yeah. Furthermore, wine betrays the haughty man so that he does not stay home. He enlarges his appetite like shawl and he is like death, never satisfied here. They are giving us an attachment to the man who is a drunkard, the man who loves to drink. No, that's always a big discussion in Christian circles. Is a Christian supposed to drink? Are they allowed to drink? But there are things there they tell you about uh, wine and what it does. It betrays men. Yeah, you cannot stay in a place. Your appetite is enlarged like hell, and. It is like death never satisfied. You just keep on doing the same things and eventually you're trapped. And it says he also gathers himself to all nations and collects to himself all peoples. Will not all these, all of these take up a taunt song against him, even mockery and insinuations against him, and say, Woe to him who increases what is not his for how long and makes himself rich with loans. Will not his, your creditors rise up suddenly? And those who collect from you are wicked. Talking about uh, people who always borrow. Yeah. Day comes and everyone is now on your neck because they want you to pay. And says, because you have looted, indeed you become plunder for them because you have looted many nations. All the remainder of the peoples will loot you because of a human bloodshed and violence done to the land, to the towns and all its inhabitants. Woe to him who gets evil gain from his house to put his nest on high, to be delivered from the hand of calamity. You have devised a shameful thing for your house by cutting off many peoples, so you are sinning against yourself. Surely the stone will cry out from the wall, and the rafter will answer it from the framework. Woe to him who builds a city with bloodshed and founds a town with violence. Is it not indeed from the Lord of hosts that peoples toil for fire, and nations grow weary for nothing, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea? That is a fact we even sing it in songs, yeah? about this, that the knowledge of God will fill the earth, yeah? The glory of God will fill the earth just as the waters cover the sea. What to you who make your neighbors drink? Who mix your venom even to make them drunk? So as to look on their nakedness, you will be filled with disgrace than, rather than honor. Now you yourself drink and expose your own nakedness. The cup in the Lord's right hand will come around you. And utter disgrace, will come upon your glory. For the violence done to Lebanon will overwhelm you. That which you've done to them, yeah, they're being told, will overwhelm you. And the devastation of its beasts, by which you terrified them, because of human bloodshed and violence done to the land, to the town and all its inhabitants, what profit is the idol when its maker has carved it? All an image, a teacher of falsehood. For its maker trusts in his own handiwork. Now they are talking people who fashion idols. Yeah, even among the Chaldeans, you fashion your idols. Make what will it help you? When he fashions speechless idols, what to him who says to a piece of wood, awake? You've made up something, and now you're telling it to arise and help you and save you. Yeah, to a mute stone arise, and that is your teacher. He's asking the stone, the wood. Those gods you've set up, that is your teacher. Behold, it is overlaid with gold and silver 
and there is no breath at all inside it, but the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. The one you should be worshipping is God, the one who has life, not these lifeless uh, objects here that you have uh, come up with. And they're being told and warned here. And God speaks out through prayer about the deliverance for his people. Yeah, yeah, they're going to go through trouble. They're going to go through pain. They're going to suffer under the hand of Babylon. But God always speaks deliverance to them. And in the, this third chapter, which is the last chapter of this book, a prayer of Habakkuk the prophet, according to Shigonoth. And he says, Lord, I have heard the report about you, and I fear. O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. Yes, you may be angry, but remember to be merciful, Lord. That's what he's saying. God comes from Teman and the Holy One from Mount Paran. His splendor covers the heavens, and the earth is full of his praise. His radiance is like the sunlight. He has rays flashing from his hand, and there is the hiding of his power. Before him goes pestilence, and plague comes after him. He stood and surveyed the earth. He looked and startled the nations. Yes, the perpetual mountains were shattered. The ancient hills collapsed. His ways are everlasting. I saw the tents of Cushan under distress. The tent curtains of the land of Midian were trembling. Did the Lord rage against the rivers? Or was your anger against the rivers? Or was your wrath against the seas that you rode on your horses, on your chariots of salvation? Your bow was made bare. The rods of chastisement were sworn. You cleaved on you cleaved the earth with rivers. The mountains saw you and quaked. The downpour of waters swept by. The deep uttered forth its voice. It lifted high its hands. Sun and moon stood in their places. They went away at the light of your arrows, at the radiance of your gleaming spear. In indignation you marched through the earth. In anger you trampled the nations. You went forth for the salvation of your people, for the salvation of your anointed. You struck the head of the house of evil to lay him open from thigh to neck. You pierced with his own spears the head of his thongs. They stormed in to scatter us. Their exaltation was like those who devour the oppressed in secret. You trampled on the sea with your horses. On the surge of many waters, I had and my inward parts trembled. At the sound of my lips quivered. Decay enters my bones, and in my place I, trem I tremble, because I must wait quietly for, for the day of distress, for the people to arise who will invade us. Though the fig tree should not blossom, and there be no fruit on the vines, though the yield of the olive should fail, and the fields produce no food, Though the flock should be cut off from the fold, and there is no cattle on the stalls, yet I will exult in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, and he has made my feet like hinds feet, and makes me walk on my high places for the choir director on my stringed instruments. Now, this prayer is made by Habakkuk. Of course, he knows what is coming to Judah. He knows the Chaldeans are coming, the Babylonians are coming, but the end is the beauty. That though we've lost everything, 
Though there is nothing left for us, though there is no food left for us, though they've come and trampled on us, yeah, we shall exult in the Lord. Sometimes when we have nothing left, we look to other things for hope. Yet even in that moment where you've lost everything and calamity has struck, all that you need to look to is God. All that you need to look to is God. And you exalt the Lord. And you rejoice in the Lord of your salvation because he is your strength. We do not pick strength from anywhere else. We pick strength from the Lord. Even when Judah has lost everything, even when Judah is awaiting the one that is coming to take them captive, they know, and through the prophet, because he sees what's coming and he's written it down and he sees what's coming toward his land, he knows and says, even after all has gone, even after the captor has come and taken charge over us, we shall look to you, O Lord. We shall exalt you because you are our strength. Now, friends, whatever is happening in our lives today, and sometimes we complain, we say, where is God? Does God care about me? Does God have any concern for me? Why has he let such things happen? In all things, still he remains God. Still you exalt him. You praise him, you rejoice in him, you worship in him, you worship him, you put all that you are, you call him your strength, your provider, your protector, the one who fights your battles. And that God, at the right time, he will come and help you. Judah was going to go through a time of captivity. But Judah did not, speaking through this prophet, say at one point that we have lost hope in you, Lord that we shall not look to you. He still says, you are our strength and we will exalt you. In your trouble, exalt the Lord. In your pain, exalt the Lord. In that moment that you feel like things are not working well, in that sickness that you have, exalt the Lord. And look to God and ask him to help you. And ask him and wait patiently because indeed, eventually, he will come to your rescue because he is your God. These things may happen for a time. But God will always be on your side. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this study we've had. For somebody who had lost hope, help them renew their strength in you and to walk with you. Restore, heal, and deliver your children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.